0: wellnesscoach.com streaming wellness into your life welcome to wellness women radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health work and play dr ashley bond and dr andrea huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life hello lovely listeners welcome back to another week of wellness Women radio i'm ashley And I'm Andrea. And we are going to go today into something that uh, we often get asked by our patients, and that is the question of should I be taking supplements? And if so, which ones? And specifically, the question that's come up so often, and actually it's probably a daily occurrence in my practice, yours too, no doubt, Andrea, is that um, what about probiotics? People are like, are they a waste of money? Um, What do they do? Do we need them? Isn't there probiotics in food? Like, why should we take them? They're pretty expensive. Why would I pay that much for them? Um, Gosh, they need to be in the fridge. What a hassle. Like there's just so many angles to it. And uh, today we want to really have a chat about what what probiotics are, do we think they're a waste of money or a waste of time or a waste of effort buying them, Um, and are there ways in which we can protect our, you know, colonies of healthy gut bacteria and actually healthy body bacteria because this is another thing people forget. Probiotics are not just in the gut. They're not just in between the mouth and the anus. There's, uh, you know, on different mucosa through the body and on our skin. They're they're all around us, and uh, thanks to these amazing probiotics and microbes on our body, um, humanity survived. You know, we've survived all of these... uh, apocalyptic uh, diseases because the way in which our microbiome has adapted. And that's really phenomenal because current science is suggesting that probiotics are the way forward um, in this day and age of the antibiotic resistance so it's interesting to see why they're dabbling and why there's so much science and so much research coming into probiotics because we realize that we have overused antibiotics they're not doing what they used to do and now we're searching for new solutions and thinking well hang on we've got to go back to the gut we've got to go back to bugs and try and work out how to survive how's humanity going to survive
1: yeah. And it's interesting that they're um, making that, that link now, which is fantastic. And I think people certainly associate probiotics with antibiotic use as well. Um, so I think it's a great thing um, if for some reason you may need an antibiotic prescription. If you go to your pharmacist, they'll usually recommend a probiotic alongside of that, which I think is awesome. I think they're definitely on the right track there. Um, however, I think we need to have a little bit more specificity when it comes to looking after our gut health. Um, and I know that we're leading this right. Off the bat of another, um, you know, a gut related episode. So I'm hoping that you're kind of getting the idea as to how critical looking after our gut health is for your entire health um, and your well being. So it's not just about gastrointestinal type complaints, it's about the whole body functioning beautifully as well. And this probiotic market is huge. It is tens of billion dollars a year
0: globally. So, you know, it's a big deal and uh, we don't want you wasting your money on stuff that doesn't work because uh, there's enough to spend good money on. I think I put my money where my mouth is and buy good quality foods and, uh, you know, choose sort of low-tox lifestyle choices, but you don't want to be wasting money on supplements that aren't working for you. So today we're going to have a quick chat about um, the ones that really do work, Uh, some of the catches that we fall into because I know we were just chatting before and Andrew was um, going through really some of the downfalls of the broad spectrum probiotic use and Mm -hmm. for a lot of people that's like whoa seriously have you heard that so if you're listening now and thinking but hang on i do take a broad spectrum keep listening because we're going to cover a little bit more about why we're challenged by this notion of just dishing out probiotics almost like lollies um, as if everyone should have them and everyone needs the same strains and everyone needs the same stuff Um, because what you might not know is there's over 400 different strains of probiotics in and around your body. So to be so specific down to just four, for example, which is a lot of the multi-strain um, broad-spectrum probiotics, it means you're kind of missing out on the other 396 that are that are in the body and to know which exact ones are causing troubles for you is the big challenge. So um, typically, how do we know about what's going wrong, Andrea? Because I know testing, stool sample testing is one of the most common ways to sort of discover what's happening in the gut and where the deficiency are.
1: And it's a, really, uh, it's a really tricky thing at the moment because right now the research it hasn't yet completely supported um, the clinical relevance of the um, complete stool analysis, essentially. So um, I work with a great company called Bioscreen um, that's in Victoria that do really excellent um, fecal testing. And they'll give you a full sort of gut analysis they'll tell you exactly what's there what's not there um, and what the ratio should be and that certainly helps um, in the sense that say you may have tried a particular protocol or you know gone down a path with a patient um, and you may be hitting roadblocks or you just can't seem to shift it might be you know that last little plateau that can certainly help illuminate uh, some things that are going on there um, however, the jury is kind of still out as to what the clinical relevance is of the, those testing. So certainly it helps um, with ranges so for example if i was to do a stool analysis and it came back and it said that for example my e coli was low which is one of you know the the very normal commensal bugs in in my gut that might indicate a few different things that i could um, work on certainly with diet and lifestyle um, and maybe with some probiotic um, exposure as well um, however in the grand scheme of things How relevant is that? So that's kind of the question that we're still asking at the moment. Um, I definitely still think that there is a very, very good place for that, that functional testing, though. So I'm definitely not ruling that out altogether. Um, However, I think that people may be using it maybe in a little bit of a misguided way. So they might see that there's some things going on in their microbiome. They'll find a probiotic strain and go, okay, I will take this. This will rebalance. Um, Or this will address, you know, maybe this deficiency or this overgrowth. And in theory, yes, that's excellent. But when we think about the extent, the mass and the diversity of our actual microbiome, taking a probiotic may literally just be like putting a drop of water in the ocean yeah, so, so it even, may not have that massive impact, we think it does. Exactly. And even though we may get a very good, very high quality um, probiotic that may have you know good efficacy on testing um, that might have multibillions of strains in it, um, or sorry, multibillion bugs in it, um, it may like still in in terms of the extent of our gut microbiome, it still might only be that drop in the ocean. So probiotics are not going to fix everything <laughs> is um, I, I think the the point I'm trying to make there. What we have figured out um, and what the research is showing now is that probiotics don't actually repopulate the gut. Okay, so they're not we're not taking them to really put things in there. So if you think about taking antibiotics and it's almost like you've completely wiped out your entire microbiome, so almost like you've um, weeded the entire garden, there's absolutely nothing left. The probiotics that you're taking are not going to make everything, you know, come back um, just like that. There's a few other things that you need to do as well. And definitely diet and lifestyle plays a big part in that. What we do know is that by taking certain strains of probiotics, and I think that's key there, certain strains, it can be used to address or enhance, um, you know, certain things that are going on in your system. Um, But they can act. And the best analogy that I've heard, like almost like little like personal trainers, for your existing commensal b- bugs so they can enhance the functionality of what is already there and i think that's awesome um but remember they they don't necessarily repopulate
0: yeah that's to be interesting i wish i could remember um where my little story is going to come from i have a I was going to say, I have a gut feeling. That's a terrible joke. It's not meant to be a joke. Um, I have a feeling it comes from maybe Dr. Damien Kristoff or something along those lines. It could have even been Brock. I just have to recall who we were talking to or where it was coming from. But I, I do remember it because it was this idea that um our pro are like tourists on a bus and you know the tour bus goes down the tube and down the down the tunnel, and um, as it's going along, some of the tourists jump off. It's almost like the, the red bus that goes around those cities where you can jump on, jump off, um, and they jump off and they do some work in that area, and then they jump back on the bus and carry on. And that's um, and then some of them will hang around a bit longer, spend a bit of money, stay around a bit more time, and then they'll be back on the bus and away they go. And others will sort of jump off the bus and go, oh my gosh, this is such a great place. Um, I'm going to buy a house here. So it's like this idea. <laughs> it um whilst we think that a lot of them are staying most of them are not staying that they're moving through the gut like a, a tourist spending lots of money doing lots of good work and then they carry on and eventually they're excreted at the other end so um yeah so if you're just thinking your right, is a little little tour bus full of cool cool people spending lots of money doing lots of good things there um then really that's what they're doing they're doing the positive uh job that they need to do um spending their role correctly um but they don't hang around for as long as we think they might um and look at the end of the day we've got to understand that probiotics not just the ones we take but the ones that are already endemic in our system are responsible for around 70 percent of our immune system so they've got a huge job to play um, Every single person, and this is, this is the most amazing thing, has you, you, like if you're listening right now, you have your own unique population of microbes, like your fingerprint. Yeah. They've got, you've mm-hmm. got your own little profile, um, which is unlikely to be found with anyone else in the same ratio in the exact same populations. And that's got so much to do with your lifestyle and environment and genetics and all sorts of different things. But it's very hard to give a one sort of, pill-fits-all approach with this because you're unique. Um, your microbes are unique to you. And this plays a major role, particularly in women, of maintaining hormone balance as well. Mm-hmm. Um yep. and they've got some jobs to do so they they do things like increasing uh, bioavailability of a large number of different nutrients digestion and uh the processing of things like copper and calcium and magnesium um you've got carbohydrates potassium zinc fats proteins iron so you can see why these are just so important and also also some essential um as vitamin A, vitamin K, and a various number of B vitamins as well. So you can now see why, you know, and then we start dumping in all these other multivitamins because we're trying to fix up all the gaps. But you can see why possibly fixing up the microbiome and the gut health first will save us from having to dump in all these other supplements because – get the gut right and we can actually increase the bioavailability and absorption of the nutrients which we're taking in rather than having all those lost um, through the digestive tract and not being absorbed properly. So look, here's hoping we can actually reduce the number of supplements you take by getting your
1: gut right and by making sure your microbiome is uh, functioning really, really well. Yeah, definitely. And, Ash, I think that you – this is probably a warning sign for you as well. If you say you see a woman who is chronically iron deficient, for example, Mm. um, maybe there's no genetic markers that – you know, sh- should lead to that and she's having to have things like iron infusions were recommended to her. Maybe she's had that and it still isn't changing anything. Um, you've got to look to what's actually creating that that malabsorption issue um, and working on the gut is going to have a massive influence on that. Um, so, you know, that, that's always a, a bit of a red flag for me when patients come in stating that they're on X, Y, Z and have been for such a long time and it's still a problem. Um, there's got to be a reason
0: for it. hundred percent. And how about those people that are really chronically inflamed and having issues with detoxification um, same thing starts to jump into my mind as well as like okay so what's happening with the gut what's happening with the absorption processing what's going in what's being absorbed and what's coming out the other end Um, so yeah Mm -hmm. look this is this comes down to understanding uh, the why you know asking that question saying hang on why is this happening? And for all of you people, here's a little quirky cool fact for you. Who here thinks that the uh, appendix is a useless thing and that's why they called it the appendix because it was just a an adjunct that should have be uh, there. What a waste of, I guess, evolution. Anyone else think that it was useless? because I know still a lot of people do. And this is a cool fact for you. The appendix is not useless at all. It's been shown in 2007 by an incredible study that was um, really groundbreaking that proved that the appendix is actually like a little storage vessel. And if the body is under attack from microorganisms, somehow this appendix can release probiotic bacteria, which perfectly counters the specific types of
1: invaders. Now, how jolly cool is that yeah that's so amazing yeah, it's actually so a really important functioning part of your immune system yeah in your gut
0: incredible so it releases straight into the cecum and gets you know the gut working right the way it needs to so yes if you've had your appendix removed sorry you've lost a little storage vessel for your uh, your good bugs there but you know where possible we try and discourage the removal of appendix these days unless you you know a state of life that ending appendicitis then of course there's reasons to do emergency surgery there. But other than that, we want to keep that little thing because that's got a a lot of job to
1: do. (laughs) Yeah, just like everything else. um, One of my old mentors used to say that um, we weren't born with a zip. Uh, And if we were, (laughs) then, you know, things should come in and out. But uh, this incredible machine we have was uh, pretty impressively designed. Um, So I think it's the height of hubris for us to think, oh, tonsils, they're just residual organs. And, uh, you know, your appendix, that's just you know, again, a residual organ, but it's absolutely not. They all have a very important uh, focus there. But I don't want to digress from the point of today's podcast, and that is for us to give you the latest updates on um, probiotics and what we're actually using them for and how you can best or get the most out of them as well. So I'm sure that you've all seen those, uh, certainly here in Australia, the Inner Health Plus ads on TV where you've got the – you know, your red wine, your antibiotics, the oral contraceptive pill down one end of the um, seesaw. And then you've got, um, so your little gut flora on the other end, and it's, they're kind of, you know, outweighing each other. Um, and I guess that that's a pretty good depiction of, of what happens. But again, just one multi-strain probiotic um, is not going to fix, you know, the woes that is caused by your antibiotic exposure or the pill or any kind of hormonal contraceptives and those sorts of things. It's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, So, look, as far as I'm concerned, I really don't promote and I don't like multi-strain probiotics um, or like broad-spectrum probiotics because just as things have so much potential to create Uh, really amazing healing and have the potential to feed and change the expression of your gut microbiome, it also has the possibility to, you know, change other things as well. Um, So a lot of multi-strain stuff can actually um, be antagonistic against each other as well, which I really don't understand why there's certain strains that are actually put together because some are actually pro-inflammatory, and others are anti-inflammatory strains. So that just, you know, doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, and, that we, and we know that some of those actually interfere with each other or are antagonistic. So I would love for, you know, any of the probiotic companies to contact me and let me know that their research that shows why that particular multi-strain um, is really beneficial and it has a very high level of efficacy, but I have not seen that yet so what do you recommend because i think
0: this is where we we didn't want to get too specific because again you do need to talk to professionals about this because mm-hmm. just um uh, self-administering even supplements can have uh, potentially harmful Uh, I guess, response because like we were just talking last week about SIBO and there's multi-strain probiotics that if you're a SIBO sufferer and start taking them, it's actually going to aggravate and worsen your condition. So, you know, and you'll be doing it with best intentions because you'll be thinking, well, hang on. um, I've got a gut. Problem gut imbalance. So probiotics are shown to help the gut. So this must be good for me. Um, and that reasoning is not bad at all. But it's not addressing the underlying issues, which are which gut microbes are out of balance, mm. which ones are overgrowth, which ones are under, you know, under efficient, um, inefficient, under efficient. <laughs> Great English there. You can tell we're recording at night tonight. My brain's starting to switch off. I think. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just so important to ask the right questions, for the right people. Like just. A couple of things, for example. Um, I know when I've got clients that are traveling and from here in Perth, Bali is a pretty close destination. Mm-hmm. Um, ideal travel partner for them is a strain of probiotic called SB, um, Saccharomyces bulardi. That's because it's shown to relieve uh, diarrhea symptoms. Now, yeah. ordinarily, also, do you need to take um, that daily? That, that's the question. Or should you just be using it topically in the case when you've got um, a gut crisis, which can be brought about by travel bugs?
1: Mm, Yeah, and you know saccharomyces boulardii is a beautiful strain that can be um really beneficial for a whole bunch of different things um particularly in that instance of when someone has that classic kind of dysbiosis so that really foul um smelling stools like really sticky kind of um, stool uh sb can help to really um gently rebalance that and it's also incredible for rebalancing candida overgrowth yes i
0: was about to say Um, don't forget the Women's health component there, yeah. and that's uh, that's candida.
1: That's fa- fantastic. Yeah, which I love. And so there's a lot of research behind saccharomyces bilati and that's just a couple of its roles. Um, so that one is really really beneficial for those sorts of things. But certainly traveling is great. Um, it has a, a bit of a shelf life, and I'm saying this for um, good reputable kind of sources and companies that do good research that you can keep it out of the fridge for a bit longer as well, which is which is good. Um, I certainly wouldn't just days at a time um, but certainly it seems to be a little bit more stable for just that little bit longer yeah so you um, can get from perth to bali
0: and pop it in the fridge <laughs> over there and not not have them all yeah. uh, sort of die off in the meantime so no that's why it is a good good travel
1: partner exactly um whereas things something like lactobacillus plantarum is really amazing for irritable bowel type symptoms mm-hmm. so that fluctuation between constipation diarrhea the pain, bloating, um, maybe that diarrhea that's uh, associated with anxiety and those sorts of things. Um, so in particular, Lactobacillus plantarum is, has shown to be very beneficial in those sorts of instances. Um, the most researched strains are certainly the Lactobacillus and the Bifidobacterium bacterium strains. So those ones within those spectrums certainly have the most research that back them, um, Yeah, which is good. Um, For example, the lactobacillus rhamnosus and I know these are really stupid long names, um, but this is just a bit of an example, okay? We're not going to go too nerdy on you. And I don't think Ash or I would be capable of doing that at, you know, 8.30 at night for you anyway. <laughs> um, but lactobacillus rhamnosus is kind of like I like to think of it as like your little probiotic superhero. So this is the one that has the most amount of research with the highest efficacy as well. Um, what it has been shown to do is that it helps to increase the growth um, as well as the function of some of your core commensal bugs or your, you know, so your commensal stuff, which is the naturally occurring, um, you know, strains of, of your microbiome there. Um, and it can actually alter the gene expression of some of those endogenous gut bacteria as well which is pretty amazing. So it's kind of like that little personal trainer for your own microbiome. So it gets in there, it helps um, to increase certain strains of things and it helps it to function better, but it also can alter its gene expression in a positive way too. So that's pretty amazing.
0: Pretty amazing indeed. And of course, don't forget the gut is where a lot of our happy hormones come from, you know, the production Mm -hmm. of serotonin, for example. So, you know, these neurotransmitter receptors are sitting there and uh, some of these these. Particular strains of microbes and, in terms of good gut bacteria, interact and have an immediate impact gut brain connections. So this is why people, when your gut health is off, you might be experiencing worsened or presence of anxiety, depression, um, you know, clinical manifestation of mental health conditions. And they've found incredible research showing that with the right And we're talking very high dosage here, so it's unlikely that, you know, as a regular consumer you're going to be knowing how much of a dose you need. But we're talking, you know, clinical trials of very high-dose probiotic use and they've been showing to reverse the signs of anxiety, depression. Um, That's incredible. So, Mm -hmm. look, it's very powerful, but you've just got to get it right. So um, do I think you're wasting money with your over-the-counter probiotics? Or possibly, I think there's a lot of very junky, crappy probiotics out there um, that are not produced well. Um, like mm-hmm. you said, multi-strained, not very. There's not efficacy there. It, does, it doesn't have an effective function. So yes, you're probably wasting a lot of money there. Um, the good thing is you really do get what you pay for. I think this is the the science there says that you know the ones that have invested their time in production. So the companies that are prescription only or practitioner only ranges do have better quality, and there's a couple of key things for that. Because what you're looking at is they have, you know, proven shelf life. Um, they've they're well labeled, so you know what they are, what they do, and as well they're produced in a laboratory which can validate the stability of those probiotics. Because otherwise, between leaving the lab or leaving production site, moving in boxes and containers and cartons and and capsules to the shelf, and then from the shelf to your home. What's to guarantee that you're going to preserve the potency of those
1: bacteria? So, Exactly. That is really important. um, One thing that's pretty important to look for is they, like what you're referring to, Ash, So these are well-researched practitioner-only prescription-grade probiotics, um, is they can actually validate the DNA of the actual bugs themselves. So they know that it's a live, viable species as well, um, which is pretty damn important because otherwise, you know, What's the point? Um, and this goes a bit beyond just having, you know, your uh, Greek yogurt or the occult that you're getting from the supermarket. That is absolutely a waste of time. And there's so much sugar in the ukult. Um and in a lot of the, <laughs> the yogurts as well. Um, there's certainly, like if you add honey to it, the honey is like a natural antimicrobial. So that's going to actually kill off the DNA of all the bugs anyway um, and a whole bunch of other things. So you're not going to necessarily enhance your microbiome function by having, say, the occult or, or your yogurt necessarily. However, there are lots of other things that can definitely help to enhance um, your microbiome. And this is what we would refer to as say, microbiome enhancing foods. Um, Okay, so uh, the first thing would be your things like, and now I'm saying these and I'm mentioning these as a blanket statement. There are certain types of gut conditions where you will not be able to tolerate high levels of say, resistant starches or fiber. So, for example, in things like SIBO, this may not be um, the most beneficial thing for you, but let's say you've got, you know, really good, nice, um, well-balanced gut. These are the things that could then enhance it even more. So, say some of your resistant starches, so that could be um, the potato, um, your green bananas, cashews, um, rolled oats, if you can tolerate them, white beans, lentils, those sorts of things. Um, what else would you suggest, Ash?
0: Well, I guess they're the ones that um, they generally classify as having high prebiotic fiber, and that's that's what you mean, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah,
0: and so that's, I mean, this is why you said if you're on FODMAP or any SIBO-based diets and stuff, when we start saying, yeah, garlic and leeks and onions, you're just like, whoa, stay away from those because you can see that certain gut conditions are not going to benefit from those uh, particular fibrous Foods, But um, most people are pretty tolerant of things like berries and, like you said, bananas and oats. Um, It's not a bad place to start at all. So they're the prebiotic fibres that basically, in essence, allow the growth and development of gut flora. So they're kind of feeding. They're giving the gut everything it needs for those little gut microbes to go and do their best job possible. Um, So we generally don't digest them well. They pass through the gut. They are substrate for the gut microbes and then they're passed out. and That's the the mass of poo, really. That's um, (laughs) some. That's what it is. It's the, the undigested fibres. Um, I think I generally talk a lot about probiotic-rich foods. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know mm-hmm. that you do as well, Andy. It's uh, something we talk about in our practices, but also we've had a few episodes of Gut Health, and this has come up a couple of times as well, is talking about fermented foods. Now, for thousands of years there's been evidence of the use amongst nearly all indigenous populations of some form of fermented food and these are things like sauerkraut um in Korea it's kimchi kombucha tea you've got kefir out of mediterranean um which you can have dairy and non-dairy versions and there's pickled f- vegetables and fruits that also have high value probiotics so mm-hmm. these are you know naturally occurring we can actually produce them we don't need to go and buy tablets and capsules um and again they're there to support the natural microbes within your gut and gut health they Big thing that's really got to happen, though, and I think um, one of the most important things you do is you've actually got to protect what you've already got. Um, And a lot of people forget that. They forget that they think that they're just going to add all these things in and that's solving the problem. But if you're constantly eating high sugar, lots of grains, um, things like antibiotics, lots of emotional stress, it's just daily wiping out the quality of your microbiome. So unless you address the things that are damaging your microbiome, You can keep dumping all this stuff in and it will absolutely be wasting your money um, because Mm -hmm. you're not addressing Mm -hmm. the underlying issues there, which is lifestyle-based environmental. Um, So, you know, lots of toxic chemicals, Mm -hmm. sprays in the kitchen, using chemical-based cleaners and things like this, these are all damaging your microbiome. So please be aware that it's not just about – adding in, it's also about protecting what you do have. So don't keep damaging uh, your body as it tries to rebuild because every time it does its job, because you've got to remember we've survived millennia because our bugs know how to protect us. Um, but if we add in all these environmental toxins and keep damaging them, then we can't protect ourselves. Does, uh, that, yeah. does that make sense? If I... Yeah, yeah. Okay, Yeah. check i I'm not rambling.
1: I <laughs> no, I think that's really important. I like that. Protect what you've got. I think that's a really important key point. Um, okay, so we've kind of talked about the food. Look, we'll put a list up online about that um, so that you've got a bit of a reference guide. Um, and, again, if you've got pretty good gut health and you want to enhance it even more, that this is a really good resource. Um, another thing that I absolutely love that I think this is awesome is don't forget that you have the potential to really change change um, your your microbiome to really enhance it um, and to feed it within almost like a 24-hour period. So the food that you're putting in your mouth is going to be direct food for our microbes. So we need to feed that. The other thing that can help you to really have diversity is to get in the dirt and sweat it out. So... What um, some uh, studies have shown is that there's been some investigations into physical activity and the dietary adaptations of professional athletes. And what it actually tells us is that it shows that professional athletes have increased um, fecal microbial diversity and the composition of that compared to people who hey, say have a sedentary lifestyle. Um, now, when I'm being a critical reader of research, I would think, okay, are they confounding factors? So um, someone who's a pro athlete is obviously, you know, you would hope would have a better diet than maybe someone who is sedentary. So is that the reason why? Um, but one of the studies was actually performed on rugby union players. Now I've known a lot of rugby union players in my time and I know that they don't necessarily have the best diet. Um, and this is complete special. Um and this is just my personal <laughs> experience with that. So take it as it with a grain of salt. Um, but it also showed that in this study, that these people had actually increased microbiome functionality, Ooh, which means. Fascinating which means that their microbiome had an increased um, ability to produce amino acids um, and have better carbohydrate metabolism. So it also increased the presence of your short chain fatty acids and very importantly butyrate, which is we could do a whole show purely on that because it's if it's effect on the gut, but it's showing that Physical activity helps to enhance all of those things, which is incredible. And if you want to take it even further, physical activity outside does it even better. So it doesn't require
0: a sweaty man- uh, huddling or anything like that like you know like because you're, well, you're talking about you're talking about union yeah because yeah, my brain has been union players sweaty muddy huddles um they're actually sharing all the microbiomes between each other like mm-hmm. in some yeah exactly. it, it sounds a bit gross doesn't it really but that's what is actually happening because as they rub and 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 tackle and and you know go against yeah. each other all the time they're actually sharing microbiome function which is
1: kind of weird and gross but kind of cool at the same time And if you're at that professional level, then you're going to have exposure to other teens from various parts of the world. So you're also going to be sweating all over guys from, say, the northern or southern hemisphere. And so you're going to be enhancing that that function that way as well. Um, So that is certainly one sure way to increase your microbial diversity. I love it. Um, Okay. (laughs) I'm not taking
0: up rugby union. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we could totally digress all the way down there. But I think that's really interesting. Yeah, very cool. All right. So to have a bit of a nerdy sort of librarian recapping moment, um, a few things to remember from today: probiotics do not rebuild your gut. um, Is probably like one thing that I really want you to take away. They don't necessarily completely repopulate. So it can be like a bit of a drop in the ocean. However. We're hoping that it's a little bit more specific than that, and um, that the strains that you're taking is to have really helped the functionality of the good microbiome that you've already got there. And they're
0: like the um, tourists on the tour bus. They're coming the the to, they're doing uh,
1: nice things. They're spending sure that lots of money. <laughs> um, sure Kale okay broth. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's great. But anyway, yep. um, yeah, it's awesome. Um, I don't necessarily like multi-strains, so that's point number two um, for the reason that we talked about before. Um, Make sure you're protecting what you've got, like what Ash said. Make sure that you're not having a completely sterile environment outside of you. um, That might be killing off everything on your skin through all your mucosal layers that's then affecting your gut as well. Um, Remember, there are certain strains for certain conditions um, and... There is certainly microbiome enhancing foods that we would love you to dabble in every single day because diversity is certainly key too. And finally exercise and exercise outdoors has been shown to absolutely increase your microbial diversity and its functionality as well so if you take nothing else away from today remember that moving your body getting a bit sweaty doing it outdoors and uh, making sure that you're not using those really toxic chemicals is going to help to protect your gut All right, ladies. So we would love to know what has been your experience with probiotics? Um, Have you taken certain strains and they've made you worse? Have you had any sort of weird symptoms on them or have you found a certain strain that really suits you beautifully? I know that whenever I've been preparing for, say, my trips to India, there's a certain regime that I'll do leading up to while I'm there and then coming home as well. Um, and I've never got, you know, deli belly or sick over there or anything like that. So I think that um, I was onto something there, which is awesome. Um, and, ladies, we'd love to hear what kind of things you dabble in daily to make sure that you're really looking after that microbiome of yours. Is there certain foods that you really love? Make sure you're communicating with us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the women, um or or you can follow us on instagram as well underscore the wellness women um make sure you're following us on itunes you're giving us a five-star rating if you think we deserve it because we love that um because you know we're such high achievers and so we only (laughs) want five-star ratings of course um but ladies until next week be well